everybody, and welcome to the Aggieville Alley Cats Podcast. We're come rain, shine, or anything in between. We're here to live it to you, the Kansas State Sporting News. You so love. I'm Ace Edwards, right alongside Connor Beltzesworth. And welcome to another exciting weekly recap. Just going to go real quick over the Volley Cats and the Soccer Cats and the wacky segment of the meek, meek, week, and then you can go on, move on your day. But uh, we'll just go ahead and start right in with the Volley. Oh, wait, before, I, before we do this... Uh, next week will not be an episode that you want to miss because that will be our two catskitball previews for both the men and women's teams. And uh, if you've been listening to the show for a while, you, now you know how excited we are to do, do both episodes. So it's not going to be one you're going to want to miss. But let's just dive straight into the Volley Cats first. Unfortunately, they had two, two losses, uh, the second of which I... I have opinions on, but the first one was up against a UCF squad that was receiving votes, ended up playing them down in Orlando, was a 2-3 loss, so, you know, kept close at least, against a really, really good UCF squad who was 15-2 and and 6-0 and in the Big 12 before this match, so it's not like we lost to nobody. <laughs> um, UCF won the first set 25-16, we won the second 25-18, UCF the third 26-24, and then K-State the 4th, 25-16, before UCF kind of mollywhopped us in the last set, 15-7. So it was quite literally a back-and-forth checkerboard game, if you're looking purely at the scoreboard, which, you know, against a really, really good uh, UCF squad whose site is apparently just called The Venue. Real creative, guys. <laughs> it's I'm all right with this performance. Like, I'm not upset with it you know obviously you want to walk away with a dub but sometimes sometimes you lose yeah and casey did actually out hit ucf in this game casey hit 199 to ucf's 154 uh casey had 11 blocks to ucf's seven uh in case they had more kills uh k-state had uh just one fewer ace uh than ucf did uh this was a very evenly matched game uh pretty much every set was a blowout with the exception of the third one uh but yeah pretty unfortunate loss casey coming really really close to another really quality win uh but they just weren't quite able to finish it out yeah which i mean it's not even like we hit particularly poorly in any part of this match we hit 233 375 and then 0.01103 0.103 and then 300, or 0.3 I should say, and then just the last set we couldn't figure it out. But in terms of individual stats, Aaliyah Carter led in the kills with 22, Shaylee Myers second place with 10, Anaya Clinton with 8 in third place, Izzy Shulsheski, uh in in first for aces, Liz Grigorski and Lauren Hinkle both tied for second with one apiece. Sydney Bolding had six blocks, Brenna Schmidt had four, and then Katie Fernholz had three. Izzy Shulsheski had 19 assists, Lauren Hinkle 18, Mackenzie Morris had seven assists as well. And then, of course, Mackenzie Morris led in digs. And then second place with digs is a tie between Izzy Shulsheski and Aaliyah Carter, both with 11. Uh, it has been getting slightly more common to see Aaliyah Carter pop up on the digs, like the top three for digs, which, you know, it's, it's another part of her game that's developed, which is good yeah she was never bad at it it's just like she was always just going to be the scoring option 
Yeah. I have nothing else to say about it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So that's the UCF matchup. All right. I texted Connor after this game. I was heated after the uh, the Oklahoma match. Um, uh, all right. So <laughs> uh, this was going down into Norman, Oklahoma. It was the matchup between the Mansfield brothers, who were the head coaches. Uh, Oklahoma not doing too hot. They were six and ten with an zero and seven record in the Big Twelve. For this match, we end up falling to them, not only three to two, but on a reverse sweep where the first two sets weren't particularly close. Uh, 25-15, then 25-19, the first two sets. And then it went 25-15, 25-20, and then 16-14. Now, I'm going to take exception with the score in that last frame there. Because ultimately, what ended up costing K-State the match was a in-the-net call that we will suffice to say shouldn't have been. Uh, I was going up on a block attempt, and they simply decided that K-State was in the net and that Oklahoma was going to win this match. I'm less upset about it now than I was when it happened, but I was not a very happy camper (laughs) in the moment that this transpired. Um, But then again, counter-argument to that, we shouldn't have let it get this bad to begin with. Like, we shouldn't have been in that position. You should... There's almost no situation in which you should ever get reverse swept, even less so against a squad that has been sort of floundering in Big 12 play. So this is... It's a really disappointing loss, is the way that I'd probably say it. Yeah, and I don't really feel like going over these stats either, because who cares? We got reverse swept by OU... I, I don't really care what the stats were. Like, there's no universe in which that should be acceptable. And there's no universe in which Oklahoma should be out-blocking us when blocking is one of our best skill sets. Um, yeah, this this was just bad. Really, 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 really bad. Uh, probably our worst loss in the year, honestly. Yeah, uh, it's definitely the worst Big 12 loss by far. But... You know, I'm just not going to go over it, especially because of the controversy at the end. And also, I just we just don't really want to talk about it that much. Um, but we still have another matchup up against Oklahoma the day this releases. Then next Thursday, we have back-to-back matchups in the morgue up against BYU uh, Thursday and Friday. That's number nine in the country as of time of recording BYU. And then the week after that, it's KU week. And KU is also ranked 14th. We have quite the little slate here <laughs> going up against number 9, number 14, and number 6 in Texas. That is... You need to pick up probably at least two of these games if you want to make the NCAA tournament. And and I'm not saying that because, you know, the resume is bad, because it's a, quite a good resume. However, I don't trust any system that uses RPI anymore. <laughs> So <laughs> plus the volleyball team's only up to I think the mid seventies right now. They're gonna drop from that first loss to OU. So they need to sweep OU. And I'd go further than you. I think they need to win four of these games. I I think that they need to get at least one on the road. And I think they need to hold serve at home. Just because they had some suspect non conference losses. Uh, obviously, they need to take care. They need to take care of business against Texas Tech afterwards, but that's a ways out at this point, uh, nearly a month out. But 
if they really want to bolster their resume in a meaningful way, they probably need to not not get absolutely destroyed by Texas. <laughs> I think that's your best bet. And uh, if if you can go three and two in these, that's fine. Four and one will be uh, what puts you on the map here. But I mean, losing this match to Oklahoma, it means that you pretty much have to be borderline perfect the rest of the year, which signals to me we probably are not making the postseason this year. Yeah, which is disappointing because the talent on this squad is yeah. is postseason talent. Yeah. Although Aaliyah Carter, I believe, has said that she's coming back, so that that is good. Uh, that that'll be good to have another weapon back uh, next year. I think Mackenzie Morris might be coming back as well. And Shulshevsky has another year. Yeah, so there will be a lot of talent coming back. I think one of the only players running out of eligibility is Bolden, uh, which she'll be tough to replace. But uh, there's there's it kind of sucks when we're already looking to next year with like a month left on the schedule, but. It's looking pretty dicey right now for uh, making postseason play. Yeah, but rattling off a few dubs can pretty quickly fix that. Mm-hmm. Now, before we get into the, the back half of the episode here, and yes, I do mean half, um, here's a quick word from today's sponsor. And welcome back to the weekly recap for the Aggieville Alley Cats going right in to the soccer portion of the recap, who only will have, only have the one game to talk about up to this point, and that would be the 2-1 loss up against Iowa State, who was uh, kind of fighting for the bottom between us, KU, and everyone else. Uh, it's a 2-1 loss. We scored a goal. Yay. Um, this pretty much... I th- I'm not sure if it is fully mathematic, but there is... I don't think functionally any chance that we make the Big 12 tournament now. Yeah, we may be mathematically eliminated uh, just because of Iowa State being at the bottom two, and now they're they've got a pretty significant lead on us. Um, there's no way that we can pass Iowa State, and they're near the bottom already. So I think we're out, probably. Yeah. Anyway, I, <laughs> Iowa State had 11 total shots, four on goal. K-State actually outshot Iowa State, uh, which is, I think that's one of the first times, during, I think maybe the first time in Big 12 play that we actually outshot the other team. Uh, seven of those shots were on goal. Iowa State just had better goalkeeping. Uh, six saves compared to K-State's two. Uh, we had six corners compared to Iowa State's one, but we also fouled a bunch more. Um, shout out Josie's getting her third goal on the year in the seventh minute. You know, pretty quick goal, and then we just couldn't hang on uh, towards the, just couldn't hang on for the rest of the game, which, you know, I, I, I we keep hearing about how young this team is. Uh, I, I don't want to say that that's just kind. Of, it is a reason. But at the same time, the way that people use it, it sounds more like an excuse than a reason. Because the number one goal for this year, you and I set it out at the beginning of this year. Granted, we're just two dudes with a podcast who cover non-rev sports, so, you know, they're not really paying attention. But um, we just wanted improvement. That's what we wanted from this year. Yeah, and I, I think this is pretty clearly regression. I mean, the the absolute best case record 
that K-State can have overall at this point is 4-11-3. And it's because we're 3-11-3 right now. Uh, And that requires us winning on the road against KU, who's a fellow uh, cellar dweller uh, (laughs) right now with K-State. So there's a non-zero chance, some may say a better chance than not, that we end this year with only one win in Big 12 play, uh, which is a notable step back. I mean, this is, it's pretty sad, honestly, uh, to see us take this step back. I, I, I don't really know what else to say, really. I, I don't think I have anything else to say, <laughs> other than the season has largely been a wild disappointment that has at times shown flashes of a better team, but at some point, you you are what you're showing, and we've not shown much at all, so... Yeah. We might just suck. (laughs) (laughs) We may may just be bad. Um, But get the final soccer matchup, like Connor said earlier. It's in Lawrence this upcoming Monday. I think both squads are just fighting for pride at this point. Um, So, you know, obviously in a perfect world, you would like to win the Sunflower Showdown. But, you know, I don't like covering sports and then just kind of going like, eh, we'll write it off. But I'm not going to lie to you. I kind of checked out on the soccer team about halfway through conference play. Yeah, and I just looked at the standings. Uh, K-State is second to last ahead of only KU. KU is winless in Big 12 play. Uh, so this is entirely for pride. Like, that, that's all that this is. Uh, whoever loses ends up in last. <laughs> that is what's at stake uh, in the Sunflower Showdown this year. This is shades of uh, the um, K-State-KU games in the 80s. So, and American football, not European football. I'll clarify. <laughs> but, yeah, at some point you just kind of have to laugh, and I think we're at that point with this team. I may be watching uh, this game. I may not be. Because I do think it'd be really funny if we ended up like blowing KU out. We, we've been storing all of our goals. <laughs> that would be a choice. We could certainly try that. <laughs> but yeah, I, I think we also just kind of succinctly gave our thoughts on the soccer season. So now we won't have to do that next week. <laughs> More time for the basketball previews. <laughs> I'd much rather do that anyways. Yeah. So. <laughs> so yeah, that's the actual news segment. Told you this would be a, a relatively short one, but of course we have everyone's favorite, which is the wacky segment of the week. This week's question, if you could take one K-State athlete and directly deposit them as the protagonist of a video game, who, which athlete are you picking, and what video game are they being deposited into? This is a really good question. And I, I imagining that it's like against the rules to say like Cooper Beebe and put him in Madden or something. Yes, like that. It, I mean you could do that. It would just be really lame. Yeah, I'm not gonna do it. <laughs> so, uh, I, I will not dream of it. I mean, I, okay, I'll dream of it because it'd be a little funny. But you're right; it would be kind of a cop out. Um, I, I thought around about this a lot. Uh, I grappled with it some might say 
Uh, and I imagine you mean a current K-State athlete as well? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I think for me, uh, I've been leaning towards football uh, this entire time. And I think what I'm going to end up doing is I'm going to take uh, oh, Daniel Green. And yeah. he's going to be Doom Guy in Doom. Oh, God. <laughs> yeah, Daniel Green just destroying demons. Yeah. It's a deep. <laughs> Targeting's legal in Doom. Targeting is legal in Doom. <laughs> All right. Yeah, I, I'm not sure that my answer is going to top that. Because my answer was I'm just putting Tyson Neighbors in Minecraft. And the main reason, okay. main reason why uh, is because he's a pitcher who pitches with a lot of intensity. And he's going to have a special ability where he just throws a baseball in a tree and it automatically harvests the wood. That'd be really useful, actually. Yeah, it would be. Uh, it'd be even better if he was like Mariano Rivera and had like a saw-off cutter. That'd be perfect. Yeah, then that would be perfect, perfect. Perfect, perfect. But that's an in-joke no one's <laughs> going to get. <laughs> but... Yeah, that pretty much wraps up this episode of the Aggieville Alley Cats podcast. Thank you all so much for listening. If you want to follow or contact the show, you can call us just about anywhere at Aggieville Cats. If you want to email us, we're AggievilleAlleyCats at gmail.com. If you want to follow us on a more personal note, I'm at ACEdward00. I am at Connor Balthazor, capital C, capital B. And if you want to support the show financially, please be sure to check out the official Aggieville Alley Cats merch store. Link in the podcast bio as well as our Twitter bio. But most importantly, thank you all for listening to this episode of the Aggieville Alley Cats podcast. Or come rain, shine, or anything between, we're here to deliver to you the Kansas State sporting news that you so love. Stay safe, Alley Cats.